Hi, Cole here, creator and narrator of The Town Whispers. It's been a long summer, but the leaves once again fall, and with autumn comes longer nights that beg for darker tales. And to fill those long, cold evenings, I've launched a brand new podcast called Tiny Terrors. Tiny Terrors is a nostalgic horror anthology series that is as fun as it is dark. Join three friends as they delve into a forgotten corner of storytelling history and bring to light the darker depths yet still hidden in those often untraveled corners. Subscribe, listen, and review Tiny Terrors wherever you listen to podcasts. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Town Whispers is a narrative horror podcast that will tell the many stories hidden behind the rain and the fog and the trees of a town called The Fort. Events that take place in The Fort are not suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised. I got the ghost of you inside of my head What I'm supposed to do may have been spring, but early morning still brought a chill that frosted the breath as soon as it parted the lips. Minnie sat at her table where she'd hardly move from but to sleep. She pinched a paintbrush between her fingers, trying not to tremble from the cold and cursing Ruth for not having shoveled fuel into the furnace the night before. It wouldn't take long for the house to heat with the furnace blaring, but those seconds spent cold felt longer than reality should permit. Her eyes drifted to the corner of the room, where it was darkest and shielded from the light that filtered in through closed curtains. A little smile of mischief danced its way upon her face as she pulled one of Ruth's knit blankets tighter around her shoulders. The room smelt like burnt ends, like skin had made its way into the furnace. And at first, many had thought it was the furnace, the remnants of a small rodent having nestled in the charcoal when it was unlit, not knowing any better. But it was him. The thing that had been Jacob Mortimer. Oh, she'd known him well in her youth. A repugnant man once and for always, arrogant and condescending. It was he who smelt like burnt ends, and rightfully so. To know the reason why, all one had to do was go and view the proof of his rebirth that still stood. The Mortimer Cottage. 
its structure held together by the sheer stubbornness of nails, but the roof had collapsed and the thick timbers that had been felled to build its walls were charred and black, just like the thing that had stepped out from the burning embers. She'd make him wait just a moment longer. It nearly made her chuckle how vain he was, so desperate for an invitation, so needing to be included, but always popping up where he was least desired. Minnie put the finishing touches on a miniature version of Paul's desk, brass for the knobs on the drawers, and then placed it down. I know you're there. You can stop pretending. Ruth is out of the house. Oh, well, you can never be too sure. She has a way of popping up when you least expect it. Well? Well, what? Don't play coy with me, you know what. Does it always have to be straight to business? Or can we not take part in pleasurable discussion before moving on to the meat? With clear indignation, Minnie placed the fine tip paintbrush down and turned to face Jacob, her gaze meeting him square in the eyes. His grin sickened her. His charred skin, the way it avoided the light, or rather sucked it in greedily, allowing none for anyone else, nauseated her. Listen here. Oh, how delightful. A little dollhouse. How wonderful to see you've taken up a hobby while in self-imposed exile. Never mind that, you burned-up brat. Now that's just plain rude. You are nothing but a headache, you know that. Well... I've been called worse. Good God, Jacob. Good God, indeed, Minnie. Is everything a game at all times with you? What is there to say but for the simple fact that life is short? Don't be ridiculous. You've been given more than enough life to live. As have you. Clearly not long enough to have the patience for you at this very moment, or any other for that matter. Now tell me already, did Paul arrive at Riverside? I was hoping we could at the very least catch up. I was so excited when first you called. I thought, perhaps you're ready to let bygones be bygones. Uh, Oh well, your answer is yes. And... You won't be coming back any time soon. I take it you let Mother Cyprian know? Yes, yes, oh, I did indeed. I let her know all about his distant affiliation with the fort. She was most excited to find a candidate for the key with such close relations. Wonderful. Wonderful indeed. Was there, by chance, anything else? Like what? Anything else that was said that I should know? You'll have to be more specific. Did Mother Cyprian give you a message for me? Oh, no. I'm afraid she did not. Nothing? Not so much as a simple thank you. Oh, look at you. Such a face you've pulled rejection with a hint of confusion. Would you shut up? Who would have imagined we'd be here now? You locked up in your room, 
and me passing notes between you and Mother Cyprian. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't you too close once upon a time? Didn't I just tell you to shut your mouth? Oh, it appears you've fallen outside of the circle of trust. You're of no more use I told you to shut your mouth, Jacob. With pinched lips and angry eyes, Minnie reached into her immaculate dollhouse and with a pointed, arthritic finger slid the rug that sat on the floor of the miniature recreation of her own room. And as she did so, the rug underneath Jacob's feet was jerked out from beneath him in sink, causing a clatter as he fell to the ground, shock wiping the smug grin from his face. Appearances be what they may, you will respect me in my own home. Now, need I remind you any further of your place? Oh, uh, how whimsical. No, no, no. Don't strain yourself. I'll, I'll see myself out. Ruth breathed in deeply, smelling the freshness of the seasonal change that had struck the fort. Spring sure smelled fine on the air. The freshness of grass and flowers mixed with the earthy smells of peat and river water. It was wonderful. It was such a fine day for chores, Ruth intended to make the most of it. With a bent arm, she swung a bag hooked around her wrist, as if she were headed home from school, the contents of the bag powering the wonderful little metronome as it kept her pace steady. It had been a while since she had tended to her shop, aptly named Ruth's Knit Shop. The girl she'd hired on was fine, but it was an excellent excuse to get out of the musty old house for a while. But all the same, she justified her desperate want to check that things were running smoothly by convincing herself she needed to pick up some yarn for her own personal use. Ruth! Ruth! Gosh darn it, would you hold up a minute, please? Ruth smirked, instantly recognizing the voice. Alfie, the farmer with his mighty hands and the dramatic way in which he flailed them about as he spoke. Ah, Alfie. Eh, oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm hurt. Oh, God, my lungs, they burn. Eh. Oh, dear, I must not have heard you. You know how it is. The years seem to have gotten to my ears and filled them all up with cotton. <laughs> eh, oh, eh. Uh, save the nice old lady act for somebody else. <gasps> nice lady act? Nice lady act? I am a nice old lady, Alfie. A nice, respectable old lady. I own a knit shop. I volunteer. I read my fair share and I mind my own business. But most important of all, I shower. Heh! <laughs> Well, just smells like maybe you should do the same. Oh, gosh darn it. I got into a kerfuffle with some pigs. <sighs> I feel like I should ask. But if I'm honest, I don't really want to. Your stories tend to ramble. You know, we've been doing this whole damn bantering nonsense for so many years now that I can't remember if we're actually fighting or not. Ah. <sighs> A little mystery keeps life interesting. Now, what is it that you've interrupted my day for? Interrupted your day? Oh, never mind that. What is it that you want, dearie? Uh, um, 
guess, Dad. What was it? Was it about the pigs? No, it wasn't about the gosh darn pigs. It was, uh... It was, uh... That heck it was about the pigs. Were they mean to you? Would you like me to go beat them up? Hey, stop joshing me. You'll make me lose my train of thought again. <sighs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> right, well. <sighs> okay, then. Out with it. Where's, uh... Uh, Saul. Who? Uh, Saul? I'm sorry, dear. Saying it twice doesn't make it any easier for me to decipher. Saul, Saul, you know that uh, the boy's staying with you. Oh, you mean Paul. Ah, however, did you hear about that? Whatever his name was, he was on my land. I ran into him by the, uh, the well. By the well? Yes, yes, he was poking around my damn well. I'll be honest, I didn't think he'd ever venture out. The map I drew him was nonsense. I was just trying to entice him out of the house. Excuse me, you drew him a map to trespass in? Oh, hush now. What about Paul? Darn kid was poking around my well, digging in the dirt, started talking about bones and such. Wait, wait a minute. Talking about what? Now tell me, did you actually not hear me? Or were you asking for certification for dramatic effect? It's clarification, Alfie. Gosh darn, you are one exasperating woman. And you, my dear, need a shower. Hey, good grief. So, uh, Paul. Yes? Paul was talking about bones in the mud. And when I went to take a gander, there was none. Days later, there I am chasing down my pigs, madder than a hornet, and I come across bones. I beg your pardon? Tell me, what do you know about this, uh, Saul? Uh, what do you... Uh, uh, gee, I mean, uh, Paul character. Oh, he, he seems nice enough. Well, nice or not, I can't help but wonder if he's got a little touch of something rotten in him. Oh, I don't know anything about Rotten, but he'll likely be at the house, and you're more than welcome to go on by and call on him. All right. Gosh darn it. It's gonna be one hell of a walk back home once I'm done meandering myself all the way over to your old haunt. Oh, don't be silly, Alfie. It's it's only another couple more blocks. Hey, see, before I go, you ever seen the likes of... This before? The color fell from her face as she felt the ring warmed by Alfie's clenched fist sitting in her palm. Alfie? Yeah? Where the hell did you find this? (coughs) (coughs) What? you do that for? You! You know, you know how long I was stuck in there for? <laughs> no! Well, well you, you... You would have done the same damn thing. Both Garrett and Paul lay on their backs, their breath heaving from the exertion of fighting against the undertows that dragged and pulled at their clothes as they tumbled about through the flooded tunnels. 
what they'd hoped was an escape, had only taken them further underground as the water raged and roared to the opening where they'd fallen down a small waterfall and into an underground reservoir. Now what? What do you... What do you mean, now what? Do, do I look like I know what's going on? No. No, you, you don't look like anything, because I... Wait. I, I can see you. Good God. I can see you too. But that means... There's... There's light. Maybe there's a way out. Some kind of exit or, or a crack or something. Uh, Garrett? This looks like it could have been a, a, an opening to, to a mine. There's, there's never been a mining industry in the fort. But maybe this was excavated during the gold rush in 1858. Garrett? Most likely. It would have been the gold miners looking for a pocket where gold deposits might have become trapped as they were washed down... Right? I was assuming there's water that connects this either to the Fraser or Bedford Channel. Garrett! What? What is it? Why are you yelling? I don't think the light is coming from a way up and out of here. That's ridiculous. Where else would it be coming from? There's a couple of kerosene lanterns hanging on the wall just over there. Garrett's eyes were glazed as he reached to rub away the confusion. From the stark black nothing of his imprisonment where he'd sat so long and motionless and not much more than half alive, to then being whisked away in an underground current to now find himself in an even more perplexing situation, it was overwhelming. Right. Oh, of course. Well, you coming? I don't see what other choice there is. There really isn't one. No. No, I guess there isn't. Doesn't this all feel a bit contrived, though? I don't really think about it. When there's no choice but to move forward. But uh, who left and lit the lanterns? This is beginning to feel like we're just rats in a maze. I really don't see what other choice we have but to participate. We could abstain. Simple as that. Mother Cyprian, or that odd doctor, or whoever in this terrible town... ...will get bored and eventually come and fetch us. That's not how this will play out. We can wait them out. Eventually, once they see we aren't participating, they'll come and let us loose from whatever twisted experiments they've conscripted us into. Do you... do you have any idea how long they left me in there? I don't. I have no idea. It could have been a day or, or weeks. Down here, there's no light. There's no sound. There's only the echo of sound. The memory of it. You started screaming, like, like you were about to be murdered. I, I couldn't tell if it was real or, or if I was just hearing the echo of some lost souls that have been traveling along the walls for years, come back to haunt me. That's what'll happen if we try to wait Mother Cyprian out. She'll push it to the very last moment before you begin to chew your own tongue out of your mouth. 
just for a bit to eat. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So the only way to go is forward? Yes. The only way to go is forward. <clears throat> so, how about it? Would you like to do the honors and be the leader of our unwilling expedition? Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm not turning my back to you after you nearly killed me. <laughs> so sorry about that. Jesus Christ. It was quite comical, though, don't you think? <laughs> Your turn to who? Yes, yes, very <laughs> funny, but... Bet your horse that I'll find a way to tag you back. Oh, I'm sure you will. This episode was written, directed, and narrated by Cole Weavers, with sound production and editing by Harlan Guthrie, and mixing and mastering by Matt Black. Our theme song is by the ever-wonderful Charlie P.S. This episode featured Harlan Guthrie as Garrett Franklin, Mike LeBeau as Paul Collins, Lydia Nicholas as Ruth McMillan, Imogen Harris as Minnie, and Cole Weavers as Jacob and Alfie. To find additional information or join our Patreon to support the show and receive ad-free episodes, visit our website at thetownwhispers.com. Rate and review us online. Tweet us at The Town Whispers. Join us on Discord by clicking the link in the description. Visit us on Facebook or email us at thetownwhispers at pulpaudio.ca. The Town Whispers is a serialized horror podcast produced by Pulp Audio, distributed by Callum Doherty of the Rusty Quill Network, and licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share-Alike 4.0 International License. Uh-